podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, my name's James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's really great to have your company for this, our final recap episode for 2020 for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Just such a shame that it was so boring. But never fear, there was plenty to talk about with everything going on before the race, the race itself, and as we look to the 2021 season. So stick with us as we talk about that and more on this episode of Oz F1. G'day to the boys who are doing Oz F1 with me for the final recap episode of the year. Tommy oh. T, Thomas J. Camp. Boys, G'day. G'day. we had a 2020 season. Yeah, and we finished it off well. No, oh, we didn't. It was terrible. What a porpoise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we say this every year. I mean, we've yeah. only been doing the podcast for two years, but I can assure you for the last seven years I've been saying <laughs> Abu Dhabi is the shittest race track on the calendar. Why? It's like, we didn't even get to go to Brazil this year, which is the spiritual end of the season, and everyone knows that. Yes. This race is, what's the point? I mean, I, I understand it's about money, and F1 clearly after Quite some clearly. of the things. After this week, does not race as one. They race for money. <laughs> the, the, the hypocrisy is real, but just be honest about the hypocrisy. But this race, I mean, we could rag on them for a, for a couple of hours here, but this race is a stinker. I actually fell asleep during the live broadcast <laughs> and missed the end of it. So I decided to re-watch it again this morning, and I fell asleep <laughs> while watching the replay. It was that boring. So, look, I've caught up now. It's taken me three... Three tries to watch the thing, but geez, what a nightmare of a Grand Prix. It uh, it says a lot when the boys in the commentary box are talking about literally anything else other than the race in the last 10 laps, and uh, they were trying to find anything. Crofty had just given up completely. Martin Brundle had to drag him back to talking about the race. He was like, okay, let's talk about people who are close to each other. Uh, anything. Oh, God. <laughs> which, that was it, really, in the last uh, couple of laps. He obviously got strolled, but but what a absolute bore fest. To be Ugh. honest, uh, and I said this just before we started recording, the I don't normally watch all of the lead-up to a Formula 1 weekend, but considering it was a, a midnight race for those on the east coast of the country, uh, it was just easy to stay up and watch the whole thing. The pre-race content was amazing. We'll talk a little bit yeah. uh, later about uh, Tommy T's broadcast review in which he watched every single minute yeah. of live yes. Formula 1 action, believe us. Uh, but before we get Teaser. into that, boys, <laughs> uh, a lot happened in... <laughs> In, uh, in this week from the Dude. good Bahrain track to uh, the worst track on the calendar. Uh, I want to bring everyone's attention to uh, Nikita Mazepin and how much of a dud he hasn't even started Formula One yet and he's the Formula One big dud for 2020 and 2021. Uh, Campy, yep. I want to take your thoughts on this first. You just mentioned before that we uh, we race for money, not we race as one. This has to be the most ridiculous display of a lack of decision by Haas and Formula One as a whole this year. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't love how politically correct we are in society and I could talk about that for hours, but what Mazepin did was utterly stupid. 
The problem is, is the repercussions of his actions and whether he should have them or not. Well, in today's day and age, we're on the internet. You know, there's just some things you don't say and you don't put on the internet. I am well aware of those things here on that and I teeter on that line. There, you know, I dance with it somewhat More often than you're on the other side looking back. <laughs> no, but like, that's all right because it's all tongue-in-cheek and banner. But what he did was uh, inexcusable and whether it was funny and... You know, the, all parties involved were okay with it. It's, it's not a good look. It's against the point. Now, my issue is with how Haas and F1 responded to it. Um, as I said, this year we've had the first year where political opinions have taken centre stage in F1 and, and they have taken the tack to, to, to stand by it. And the problem is, is when you start acting with some moral superiority and telling the rest of the world about how they should do things, you then don't have a choice about what, is right and what is wrong. Mm. And this Roy Races 1 stuff, clearly 17 races in, end of the year, it took, what, 12 weeks to blow, 12 races to blow over and their whole house is crumbling now. You know, it's not Roy Races 1, we race for money, clearly. I mean, we had we spoke about a couple of weeks ago them going to Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia next year and, and the uh, people on the internet gave them a bit of shit for that and now we're dealing with a whole other situation which has got a driver on the grid with the superstars of the sport and the ones that should get all the attention and all the criticism and, and accolades when deserved and they've wiped this one and they're just hoping that people don't talk about it. So, Yeah, it's pretty it, look, hypocritical and it's bullshit. I hate to see it. As <laughs> yeah, there you go. I I, uh, I hate this whole thing. Um, you know, Man. this I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big on leadership. Uh, for small businesses that are run and a few other bits and pieces. Yep. And these guys, these 20 drivers, are leaders, like it or not, in the way that they act, people take notice. And quite clearly just saying, you know, Haas, in a statement, Haas, you know, it does not like this behaviour at all and it doesn't condone this behaviour. That's not good enough, everyone. You had an opportunity to really make your point, make your we races one point here and say, uh, due to this video being released, uh, it's inexcusable. We're dropping him. We're picking up Callum Eilat or we're picking up Sergio Perez or Nico Hockenberg. And I was just saying before we started recording, you cannot tell me that Nikita Mazepin is better than Nico Hockenberg, Sergio Perez, Eric, Marcus yep. Ericsson, Pascal Verlein, Stoffel Van Dorn, uh, or Danny Kvyat. We're going to get there in a second. All these other drivers who are losing seats uh, for a very average Formula 2 driver with a lot of money. Now, he's average in the grand scheme of things. He obviously can drive a car because otherwise he wouldn't necessarily be in the category. But when someone like Cal Milot misses out, you can't then say, just chalk and cheese, as far as I'm concerned. It's not good yeah. enough. Uh, and I know there will be some issues from a monetary point of view. We spoke about last week how Haas are probably still recovering from the Williams Story event with uh, Rich Energy and needing some money. Uh, being you know second last in the championship is not going to do them any good either. I get that. But you know what? Sergio Perez brings a hell of a lot of money with his sponsorship uh, with uh, Telcel. Yep. It could have been Telcel uh, Haas Formula 1 team next year and people would have been stoked. You know, the paddock would have yep. been happy. Tommy T, your, your overall thoughts on this absolute dud of a human being? Well, firstly, with the cost cap, surely you don't need endless money. You need enough money. And I think a lot of these drivers would provide enough money. So I Unless they're dodging cost caps, I don't know why. But uh, there was another part of this where I heard some other voices in this arena saying they want his points on his super license to be carried over into Formula One. At the, uh, currently at this stage, <laughs> when you change categories, points don't they move over. Reset. They reset. reset. He's yep. currently on 13, I'm pretty sure. One off what would be a suspension 
of drive if he was to come to Formula One. That's going to be wiped clean. We saw he's a dirty driver in mm. F2. He's been reprimanded for things socially before. This mm. is another incident. This guy is now coming into our sport. Do we really want him to represent Formula One as one of the 20 best drivers we've got? I I, I think it's Haas is mucked up bad here. Yep. And I can't understand why Gunther would allow this. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would let this slide. I feel like maybe someone behind the scenes is pulling a lot more strings than he's comfortable well, with. Well, money talks, bullshit walks, Tommy. We've got yeah. a Russian billionaire funding his son in F1, and that's what it's about. Now, you can take the incident and isolate it and talk to all parties involved and be like, oh, we're just joking, we're making a funny video. Everyone deserves a second chance, I get it. But in this day and age, in the way we operate and the stance that Formula One has taken socially this year, not that I think... Formula One or sport, any around the world should be taking some of these stands against stuff. Um, I mean, racism's one. You, I mean, that's that's hands down. You can everyone can stand up for get for that. And if you're against it, you're an idiot. But the other stuff that we're beginning to see, where it's ideologically based, they can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make a stand on something and then on not, not on nothing else because it's money related. Yep. People aren't stupid. Sort it out. Yeah, really not good enough. Uh, we will uh, not drop it either, to be honest. Uh, it was very, very clear through the entire broadcast this weekend. Not one thing was mentioned uh, no. officially about it. Uh, I think uh, Crofty and Ted might have had a bit of a joke on, on Friday. But seriously, it's not good enough. These guys are leaders and uh, this kind of behaviour isn't good enough. He's got... A rap sheet. The dude punched Callum Eilert in the face uh, after a race uh, at one point as well. So the it's not an isolated race, incident. Did you see him running people off the track? He's it's a not an isolated incident. The guy clearly has some issues. And look, if he can work All through right. them, that's fine. But he doesn't need to be, you know, in the top 1% of the 1%, as you said last weekend. Not when there's deserving as well. Uh, 100%. With cash. I, yeah. I'm not interested in it. Yeah. So anyway, well, look, yeah. you're right. He's an absolute. I think I'm right as well. He's an absolute dud. I don't think want him anywhere near the sport um, because he's not going to deliver anything. And it really was a shame because it completely overshadowed Mick Schumacher getting in the car uh, for yep. FP1 and for Haas this weekend. And they did their best to completely move on. In fact, they were lucky. Almost the social media guys were lucky at Haas that Mick Schumacher was in, so they could just do that. Uh, but certainly, if you've uh, been on the Twitter sphere or anywhere else, uh, there's a whole bunch of people who aren't happy about it. And if you think that you know we're going over the top. Well, maybe you need to take a look at the sport as a whole, as Campy's just said over the last 12 months in the direction that they're all going. Okay, let's talk about uh, some big news that's happening uh, ahead of, uh, well, this this week. Uh, We've said goodbye to a lot of people from uh, so many different teams. Uh, I even had to check with you that I'd made sure I got them all listed down (laughs) here. So many. Uh, First of all, uh, you know, Roman Grosjean, he's ended up going out as one of the most respected Formula One drivers uh, because of his incident. And I don't want to take yeah. anything away from him or for, from his recovery, but I don't think the Formula One world would have loved him as much leaving if he did not have his crash, which probably sounds a bit harsh to say, mm. but it's really ignited people's love for him and passion and reminding everyone that just how difficult this sport is. So he got a steering wheel, uh, which was really nice, you know, considering they clearly need the money. Uh, now that they've got this Russian money flowing in the door, they're just going to give out $80,000 steering wheels like it's going out of fashion. Uh, but 
it's sad that he couldn't even be at the race this weekend. Uh, very active on social media, though. But Roman, massive, massive effort being in Formula One as long as you uh, you were, and uh, a couple of podiums as well. Did some mag- mega drives, and then at the end of your career, you collected a lot of data. So well done for that. <laughs> <laughs> that Lotus era was oh. incredible, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, mega. The, I mean, look for both. Magnuson and Grosjean, a lot of their content over the last year has been laughing at them for, you know, the consistent mistakes they make on track against each other and crashing into each other and spinning. That car's been a piece of shit yeah, for the better part of five years. Yeah. I mean, the first year when they had it, I think it was 2015, when they got, um, when they had the majority of uh, Ferrari parts on it, yeah. the team performed well in that mid-pack and the results that K-Mag were getting and Grosjean were getting were were magnificent compared to the cars we're in. Yeah. But they're both drivers. We never really got to see the best of them because, I mean, you look at Roman, his legacy in that Lotus, he, was, he, he drove really well. He really well consistently on the podium when that car was right and K-Mag too on debut to get a podium. Yeah, huge. To never return ever again, to never have a car that was, you know, should have been in the points at any any given time. It's a real shame for these guys, but unfortunately it's um, it's just our sport and where it is at times. I feel you know, like I, it's just so, apologies to everyone who's just checking their phone through the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did that come up, did it? That uh, Campy getting a phone call. Sorry, Campy, do go on. Popular guy. I believe that was my accountant ringing me, actually, which is probably not a bad thing. What have you thing, done so now? <laughs> I'm just going to abso- You're absolutely right, though, Campy. I think, you know, Roman, he, he did an epic job. And both K-Mag, you know, as you said, putting it, well, getting inevitably second with uh, the penalties in his first race in, in Australia. I mean, not too dissimilar to Perez in terms of his time at McLaren as well for Kevin Magnussen. Uh, I kind of get the feeling, and even Crofty said this, that we didn't really get the opportunity mm. to see the very best of Kevin Magnussen in a Formula 1 car, but this is how it goes. As we've said, you know, someone like Sergio Perez winning last weekend is leaving the sport completely. Uh, The Well, now, really. So he's not coming back next year as far as we know. So it is sad, but as I said before, it's good. Haas seems to be from that side, leaving on a a high. Uh, And again, shame about Nikita just completely, you know, muddying the waters for, for all that. Um, Tommy T, your your thoughts on K-Mag and Grosjean saying goodbye to the sport? Well, I was a big fan of Haas when we first started this podcast. I was the biggest fan. I was like, yep, they're going to be the next team. They're going to capture that American market. They're doing everything right. They were saying all the right things. They had the the cool car designs. Like mm. They were ticking all the boxes, and it's just gone nowhere. So mm. I don't know how much we can actually put on these drivers, to be honest, because I think in the right car, these guys would perform as well as a Kvyat or a, a Gasly or – do you know what or, I mean? Like, I don't think or these George Russell. Yeah, I, I don't in think that top car they'd probably win. Yeah. yeah, I genuinely think these two are great drivers. I think Grosjean was getting to the twilight of his career in this mm. kind of mad sense, but K Max going to go into another category and he's going to do really well. He's going to do things like Stoffel. He's going to yep. change categories. He's going to do really well. So I don't think it's the end for them, but it is disappointing that this is kind of the way that they went out. Yeah, when I, well, I Haas agree. had so much potential, and yeah. I hope that the future's bright, but it, it kind of has got bad in these last two years that we've been following. 
Campy, you've said it uh, in the last couple of episodes as well, or a couple of episodes ago, I should say, in terms of the Haas as a car. It's a bit of a dog to drive. They can't figure out temperatures in the uh, resuspension setup. And, you know, from FP1 to uh, Q1, the car can be completely different. Uh, and Sorry, FP3 to Q1, I should say. The car can be completely different depending on temperatures and tracks and everything else. And if it would be interesting to put, you know, our boy Danny Rick or even Lewis in a Haas for a weekend to see how they would do, uh, it seems like a very difficult car to drive but we're saying goodbye to them from the sport we know for sure that they're not both of them not coming back um Danny Kvyat, though, uh, he told everyone that he wasn't coming back. Uh, no official announcement yet of Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> going to AlphaTauri. So uh, Danny's like, it's all right, guys, I got this. Uh, and speaking of Spanish media, after the race, he dropped the, those bombshells, basically saying that he wasn't coming back for 2021, that uh, that Helmut Marco wants Yuki Tsunoda, and uh, he's probably going to see if he can come back in 2022. It's unlikely to, for him to return a second time. Campy, we think, nope. but... Uh, he performed pretty well this weekend, but we all generally are forgetting about him now, aren't we? Look, uh, look, he he hasn't driven as well as Gasly at times this year, but Gasly's results have been lucky. But he's got a win and a podium. So, um, look, there's there's a few things that need to happen in. Uh, what? What's so funny, oh, boys? It's just you and technology and your phone noises. <laughs> you, you're definitely Tommy and I. Your iPad. Uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm tr- sorry. I'll Just turn t- it off. Tell buddy. your accountant that you're busy talking about the best <laughs> sport in the world. We're an international podcast, mate. Can you pipe down? <laughs> yes. Sorry, where was I? We were talking about Kvyat, right? Yeah, your boys. Um, your he boy. hasn't. He hasn't. This year, he hasn't performed as well as Gasly. But of those three drivers, he's the one that's performed the best in that Red Bull top team. Um, you know, I mean, look at his career there. Yes, he got ousted for Max, but consistently was better. He even beat Daniel Ricciardo over a whole year. Not that he should, that should have happened, and that was because Danny Rick's car had gremlins and there was he, Danny Rick pantsed him off on track, but the results did not suggest. So in history, when you look at it, didn't come across that way. He's the one that's performed better in the top team than anything else, yep. um, which is a shame for him, but he's had a chance, and you've got to take your chances when you're in F1. He's had two chances at Red Bull, three now. So... Look, I, I think he'll go on to another category, much like the other one. He's a very competent driver and he'll have a long career, whatever it be. Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, Checo Perez. Tommy T, he had a miserable weekend, didn't he? Uh, a lot of emotions going around that Racing Point oh. garage. Uh, they still have made the wrong decision in terms of getting rid of him and keeping Correct. Lance Stroll. Uh, Stroll is a, also a dud, and Ugh. this weekend proves it again that he just needs to disappear from the sport, and that's not fair. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Checo suffering from... Uh, uh, what was a gearbox? It looked like issue, and uh, yeah, his you could feel his emotion afterwards. In fact, I think his lead mechanic uh, yeeted his helmet so hard on the ground that the visor snapped off of it. Uh, it's sort of reminiscent of um, the Ferrari mechanic headbutting a wall when Felipe Massa didn't was robbed of the championship. Anyway, that's just a, a nice Formula One memory for me. But uh, so sad for Checo, isn't oh, it, Tommy T? That uh, he, we're not going to see him around again. Not how he wanted to go out, I'm sure, as well. After the highs of last week to this, something completely out of his control, gearbox, transmission related is what we've been told, and so early in the race as well. And he screwed the race for everyone else. But beside that, we're talking about Perez right now. <laughs> I'm pretty confident we'll see him back. I don't think it will be next year. Hmm. All, all points are leading now that he's going to have a year off and he's going to be back when the... the uh, 
Wow. Good. <laughs> oh, this is going well, year. isn't it? Well, all right. I've been up. I've been up for a long time. When well, the regulations change, wow. there you go. Uh, and to, to be honest, though, and Martin Brunel made a very good point with this. This is the kind of sport that if you take a year out, you get forgotten about very quickly. Nico Hockenberg, yep. we were talking about very early on in the season that he deserves a seat. Uh, mm-hmm. And to be honest, yep. if he was called up in that Mercedes uh, to to replace. Lewis instead of George, we might have been having a stronger uh, yeah. argument, and he might have won the race, and that would have been very, very much a fairy tale ending for for him in Formula One. But uh, I don't want Checo to take a year out. However, uh, we think that this weekend for Alex Albon has maybe done enough for uh, Christian Horner to stand up and say, "Well, he's performed where we need to. He's, you know, he's gotten better, and this is where he's at now. His standard is where we expected it to They're be." Looking for any excuse, any excuse. Uh, you said this last weekend as well, yeah. didn't you, Tommy T? This yeah. was really the race for him to keep his seat. Uh, to be fair to him, he didn't do a bad job. The problem is, he should have been uh, doing this all season long. This is the minimum we require of Albon. Don't you yeah, reckon, Campy. This Still, is the minimum expectation. Still so far Turing, away from Max. The second best car, fourth is the minimum. Mm. For yeah. me, if that's where his car was every weekend, I would still have question marks over him because the car should be getting results here and there. Mm. Um, it was good to see that he was challenging or hanging with Lewis Hamilton, but that's the first time we've seen that in a year and a half, mm. a whole year and a half. Um, I mean, with the exception of the two crashes they had where he probably should have got up, but... I mean, no, but those things happen because of other things on track no, as well, totally. yeah. which were at to Lewis Hamilton's hindrance. You know, he was never should have been in those positions anyway, but this is motorsport. I, I, I'd be shocked if Red Bull keep him. But Red Bull are pig-headed and they make their own decisions. Doc- on the flip side, the only thing that would, if I'm Red Bull, the only way that I can um, justify keeping him to myself is that they don't really care about who the number two driver is. They are so focused on Max Verstappen and they know what they're going to get. They don't particularly care about the drug, the Constructors' Championship. For them, it's more about the drivers. So if they can get a driver in that toes the party line that they don't really have to pay too much, I mean, they'll give him a salary, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be £5 million plus. I'm speculating, I wouldn't know. But that's cheap for them. They can use him as a benchmark against their junior, junior drivers and... I mean, it makes sense to not care about him. You've got however many 800 people in the factory working solely for Max Verstappen. That's the only way I can justify it to myself. Yeah, uh, and even then, you're just really pushing it, aren't we? Uh, it's- yeah, and I'm still – but if, as I said, if that's where he performed every race he'd been in, I'd still be asking questions. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, it'll be an interesting week. Uh, I think we'll find out in the next seven days. Obviously, uh, the Formula 1 teams will be staying, or most of them will be staying for the young for driver test. tests, uh, where young and upcoming people like Fernando Alonso uh, <laughs> will be driving not only their two-time Spring world, ch- world championship-winning car – um, so we're also saying goodbye internally uh, to some teams, uh, with some people I should say, transferring teams. Uh, Carlos Sainz said goodbye to McLaren. Uh, there seems to be a lot of love from, from McLaren for Carlos Sainz. If you think about his trajectory as well, he's kind of pushed to the side uh, when he went to, to Renault uh, back in 2018 um, when he did that that stint there, but he still was sort of taking those steps forward and wanting to be better and better and better. He's had a great year at McLaren towards the end. Last year, we, we said, we all agreed that he was our most improved driver of, or the best of the rest, I should say, for, for 2019. Yeah, I think also just 
the relationship that he and Lando have, they seem to be so different to almost every single other driver pairing. And I think it'll be different again with, with Danny Rick. But Tommy T, uh, science must be kind of a little bit happier that Ferrari are closer towards the front. Not always. And, of course, he passed a couple of them this weekend. But uh, must be sad for him leaving a car that's getting Mercedes power next year. For sure. And I genuinely don't know what he's going into. I think Leclerc's going to actually give it to him. I don't think he's going to walk into that job and actually – be the top driver. I think Leclerc is going to give him a real run and he's going to be back at the bottom of the pile again. He's had this kind of superiority over Lando, definitely of age, but also results. Hmm. So he's going to walk into that with a young gun in Leclerc, actually give it to him, giving it to him. I don't know. What do you reckon, Campy? You're not a massive Leclerc guy. Oh, look, it'll be tough for a guy. To, I mean, we, we, we learnt about Ferrari's intentions with Charles Leclerc and where they... You know, they gave him a five-year contract, which Ferrari don't just do to drivers that haven't won world championships before. So hmm. their their faith and their trust is in Leclerc, much like Red Bull is with uh, Max Verstappen. It's going to be hard for anybody. We've seen how hard it is for Sebastian Vettel, who's here a four-time world champion. It's going to be hard for Sainz to get in there next year and have the team work and operate around him and get the car to go in direction that he wants because Leclerc's had two years there where he's been pushing them mm. and he's their number one driving force. In F1, I mean, these drivers are good. They adapt. I think Sainz will perform. I think it'll be quite the arm wrestle. But I think seven, eight, nine, ten races in, we'll have a better picture of where Ferrari see their future and if mm-hmm. it's genuinely a 50-50 type relationship or it's all all, mm. all their eggs in one basket with either driver. Yeah, I think what what he's leaving in McLaren, though, is a very kind oh. of open and honest communication between both drivers. There's no kind of favourites, really, that we can see. Whereas you're going into Ferrari, which is one of the most... I don't know. We've talked about it. Sabotage favoritism kind of arenas there is in Formula One. So Mattia but not <laughs> Mr. Where's Wally himself. He's been missing. He's been Where's Wally. Oh, <laughs> he hasn't seen him. He's, he's he was sick this weekend. Mm. Oh, I think there's some Non-COVID things going related. on. There is some things going on at Ferrari. I know their uh, CEO stepped down or their CEO was somebody that stepped down and then the Chief Operations Officer has now taken up that role as well. Uh, There's some things going on in the background at Ferrari, which they're sorting out. We're starting to see it played out in uh, media, but I think we'll hear some stories about what's actually going on within that organisation as a whole, not just the F1 team, (laughs) but the the production car company as well. So... (laughs) But when it goes wrong with Ferrari, it goes wrong because, you know, they think that the race team should be everything else and all the flavour and, and the lifestyle and everything else that comes the with passion. being a Ferrari. But it's not that unless you get on-track things right. Mm. And I think they're going to try and sort that out off track. Mm. Yeah, well, one Seb Vettel will be very happy to be saying goodbye to them and uh, going to Aston Martin next year. And, of course, seeing Sergio Perez on top step of the podium last week, he must have been quietly confident. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see him next to Stroll. So Stroll will go from C to D to E grade uh, pretty quickly, (laughs) I think. He will will pants pants him. Absolutely. Uh, If he's driving shit or he's driving good, still. Still make him look like a boy. Yeah. Uh, but it's exciting. 
fighting for Seb because it's clearly been a very tough year. Although, to be honest, he was still very uh, happy and, and you know, you said this at the beginning of uh, the season, Campy, that he's the consummate professional, right? He hasn't said a bad word about Ferrari at all, yeah. even with the saying goodbye, you know, singing some Ferrari songs uh, as he was coming down on the, on the cool down lap. He's he's very much, he understands the Tifosia and the passion about Formula One uh, and Ferrari, that you know, the place that they hold in it. So, again, he's a great guy in terms of being able to remain that composed. Uh, well, any the, three of us the, would have the, lost it by now. <laughs> the Sebastian Vettel of yesteryear would not have handled the way he's handled this year. Yeah. So it shows some growth and maturity from him, which you'd Big expect. Time. I mean, you've been in the sport, what, 13, 14 years now? Or, anyway. Yeah, it's I tough. think that I think that the token – I think it was a bit token from Ferrari giving him the guard of honour because, you know, they're trying to honour him now. Should have honoured him by giving him a good car, putting a good car on track for the last five years yep. and giving him the championship winning car that he really wanted. Yeah. Um, they've, they have shagged him over so badly this year, it's not funny. In the face of everyone, I mean, he's probably going to come out and say something in a book once upon a time about how he got shafted at Ferrari this year. But until then, I, I think it was token from Ferrari. I just didn't like the optics of it. didn't look good. No. Co- that anyway. book will be co-written by Felipe Massa, Fernando Alonso, <laughs> well, Kimi Raikkonen. The other good thing too is it probably gives Ruben Sebastian Vettel some good uh, some good reflection about his relationship with Mark Webber too, and that's done yeah. and dusted. Mm. They've they've patched that up, but I think this year has been a probably a year like what Mark Webber was experiencing under Sebastian Vettel all those years ago. And as Aussies, we hated it. Yeah, we, hated yeah. It. we didn't Sebastian like Sebastian Vettel was the number. It was number one. Number one hatred on the fans, so yep. from the fans, especially in Australia. But um, yeah, oh, look, this is motorsport and this is F1. That's how it plays out sometimes. Plus, yeah. here at Oz F1, we're allowed to change our minds at least twice a podcast. Definitely. Uh, the uh, the final. As long as we get a laugh. The final one, at least. Uh, Danny Rick is going to say goodbye. Thank goodness to Renault and going to Mercedes powered McLaren. I cannot wait for him to be in that car. Uh, McLaren did a nice little uh, goodbye film to uh, to uh, Carlos Sainz. Um, no strings attached if you haven't seen that yet. There's a lot of production that went into that, um, which seems maybe a little bit over the top. But anyway, that was just a nice touch. Um, the other thing to mention about McLaren uh, and why it's exciting for Daniel Ricciardo is that they have a new investor uh, into the McLaren yeah. sport team, which means that they're going to have, uh, it's like $326 million investment into the Oof. sport, uh, sorry, into the team, uh, which is good thing for 2022. And of course, yeah. you know, the way the McLaren are performing now, fantastic. But for 2022, if we're looking down the barrel of a Danny Rick world championship, 2022 is the year. Come on. I, I cannot wait. In, I have yes. a feeling that McLaren are going to take the mantle as the dominant team uh, for for a couple of years in there, and Danny Rick is going to be in the prime position. Yeah, surely he has to make the decision of going to a good the, team at one point. The in stars career. are aligning. Yeah, I'm very excited for and it. He will be the one to bring McLaren's dominance Oof. back to the forefront of the F1 paddock, and it's going to be amazing. For each campy. Yeah, it- join us for 2022, guys. <laughs> Give next year a Skip miss. Next year, yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more for what's coming down. I'll just range, tell you, do you want me to take an altar call in a minute or what? <laughs> for those of you McLaren deniers out here, <laughs> come join me. <laughs> nah, I'm very excited, oh. and I think it's going to be very interesting for Lando to be oh, up yeah. against a driver like Ricardo. Mm. Yeah, I think. 
we love Carlos, but genuinely, I don't know if he's on the same level as Ricardo. I really no, think Lando's so. going to be give, be given a run for his He'll money. He'll look like Ocon this year. Yeah, well, Lando actually ended up winning the qualifying battle this year. Well, overall, nineteen all over two seasons apparently. Yeah, that's it. So, really, that's not going to continue. I'm sorry, Ricardo's going to come swinging. Do you know what I'm excited? Ricardo's strength. Ricardo's strength is not his. One lap pace, although it is very good. It's good, but it's, it's not, not his strength. So he's going to win it's on not, both. Yeah, but, he will. His, it's his race pace and box strategy that is just far beyond anyone else on the grid, in my opinion. The one thing I mean, that you look, we look at though, Campy, is what he's done in Renault over the last two years to bring a team that it was in a similar position. They came fourth in 2018 and they were looking good. Yeah. 19 was shocking. He sort of has the ability to quietly build a team around him. Yep. He's not like the, uh, you know, flashy, oh, the, the reason for the success is because of me. He just quietly works in the background and, and is able to, to bring that together. If you add in someone like Zach Brown as a CEO uh, to, and Andreas Seidel to, to make that all work, you know, they, they're desperate to to have him in, right? So, so excited. Danny Rick's off-track intelligence is as good as anyone who's ever driven on the grid. Yep. And yes, we see this laughable character out in the in the media, but that's not what he's like behind closed doors. He is he's a switched on and as good as anyone that's ever driven in F1 ever. And hopefully he gets in a car that he can win a world championship with because up until now he's never been in one. Hmm. Yes, he's been in a good Red Bull that's got him some good results at After times. After they were good. After yeah. they were good, yep. but you know, let's get him in a car that is oh. capable of winning week in, week out, and really see what the guy can do. And this was what McLaren excites me. Yeah, yes. in saying that, in saying that, of this midfield midfield battle this year, the, the three teams that won it, you know what? Why McLaren won it? Not because they were the best car out of the three, but because the two drivers were the most consistent. Yep. If you look at if you look at Racing Point, you had Checo. Checo, you know, 125 points, third in the uh, fourth in the driver standings. Danny Rick, he was he was six points behind Checo, I think 119. But their teammates were both duds and shocking. Didn't perform. That's the only sort of I've said this before on the podcast. I'm a bit worried about Danny Rick going to McLaren, but that's the only one piece of doubt in the back of my mind is that is that maybe the McLaren's just a good overall car and it'll get the job done if both drivers are driving well. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's driven the wheels off that Renault, right, and really yeah. brought oh, it up. Totally. So, but if you if you increase the capacity of the car to be a better all-rounder car at all circuits... And you put a Merc in the yeah. back. And you put Danny Ricciardo yeah. in the front, you know, the ability Ooh. to... Even if he's just scoring, you know, he's third, fourth, fifth you know, next year, just like just chasing that tail end and being yep. able to, you know, make the most of if a Red Bull crashes out or yep. Mercedes or whatever, you know, Ferrari's not going to be towards the front again. So it's really McLaren's race to be closest to Red Bull as they can. Yep. Uh, I'm excited for it. It's, it's great. And you know oh. what? He's respected by everyone still around him in that space too. So whilst he does look relaxed, he does play the Australian card, uh, he's absolutely an absolute yeah. gun, uh, really. What a, what a fantastic driver. All right, boys, let's yeah. talk about uh, overall thoughts of the race. Okay, done. that's that bit done. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, what I want to mention uh, about the track itself or the race weekend was Fernando Alonso going back Ooh. in his championship winning car. Campy, did you get a chance to see Ooh. the screamer? I've actually got a uh, 2005 World Championship Fernando Alonso you official, oh, official hat right you here. Do. I love that. 
got this for a got this for a hundo off eBay. Looking, it's going to go on our new set for next year, boys. I've also got a genuine Jaguar flag from the mid two thousand years as well. So that's good. Oh, how good was the sound? Oh. Yeah, oh. And he was pushing it too. Like Brilliant. there was no like he was like all the revs. You have all the revs, Fernando. Off you go. My first memory of F1 as a kid, I wasn't even at the track. I was at Moomer or something stupid like that, and I was about, nah, it would have been nine or ten, yep. and the F1s were on, and I was like, far out. Where are those cars coming from? Dad's like Albert Park. Anyway, I'm like, how far away is that? And his dad was like, middle of the city. He goes, oh, as the, as the crow flies, maybe seven or eight kilometres. I'm going... What is it? They were so loud from that far away that I was getting a headache as a 10-year-old and had to get earphones to protect it. Wow. And hearing that, oh, oh. Yeah, it's oh, so Imagine good. being – I never went to F1 when they were that loud no. on track. Um, you know, I've, my first actual race attendant was the first year of the Turbo Hybrid, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> 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 so yeah, look, I um, oh look, I loved it, and uh, to see all the engineers, their races are heart too. You know? Yeah, it's cool. They're out there watching it, and they were super excited. Yeah, like everyone Just, from every other team was out there with their phone. My favorite clip was yeah. when he went down the main straight and passed Ocon, who didn't have his fingers in his ears, but everyone else <laughs> had their fingers in their ears, and he was like. <laughs> just kind of just deafened himself. His door, uh, isn't he? It was fantastic to watch. But no, that was that yeah, was probably was. my favourite part. And he did it for three days over the entire weekend. It was so the best part is. of the yep. Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Yep. Got to yep. say it. Uh, okay, Correct. so we, we've mentioned Sergio Perez, absolute disaster for him. He obviously didn't want to finish that way. Uh, he had a lovely tribute helmet to his 10 years and, and all of his race wins and, well, one win, I should say, in podiums. Uh, still, I'm a bit heartbroken for him. Uh, it. I really can't get past thinking that Horner's going to announce that Albon's staying. Otherwise, I'd have a little bit more hope for, for him for this week. But I'm still sad. We've mentioned that before. Uh, I, look, let's talk about Danny Ricciardo and Renault very quickly. The Renault's strategy this weekend seems to have actually worked. Either that or Danny just stayed out himself <laughs> and did it all. Uh, but they unusually campy made a right decision. And you were, like, willing them on to make that decision via oh, Discord too. Honored. Yeah, Discord, it was so funny. It was like 20 messages came through at once. It was like, stay out, stay out, stay out, stay out. <laughs> They've been trained well. Um, I, I expected another I expected another um, safety car or a virtual safety car towards the end of the mm. race, which is what they were hoping for. And if that had have happened, that would have oh. upshot Danny Rick to a possible, you know, it would have solidified his uh, fifth place, yeah. but possible, you know, jump on the fourth. And once a restart like that happens, you never know up the front. It could yeah. be a crash. He's on for a podium. Mm. Um, it's a real shame. I think it's been his best chance for a podium this weekend of the last three races. Mm. Um, but, it, I mean, it's my sport. didn't happen. So um, they got it right. His, they made the right His pace strategy. was outstanding on those hard tyres for oh. so long. 40 laps. But, um, Incredible. Renault's got, Renault's got form of that all year. Yeah. I mean, they've been really strong on their long run pace on hard tyres. Uh, as for Ocon. Jeez. On the mediums, five laps in, team orders. Get out the I way. Mean, that must that must crush the kid's confidence. <laughs> Finally outperforms Danny Rick and Danny Rick in qualifying is like that was the worst qualifying of, you know, my whole life. He goes, I just couldn't hook the car up. Yeah. But it was set up for a race, so that's good. I think Danny was like, you know. oh, I'm going to go for 11th. And then Ocon was slightly faster. He's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I want a tyre choice. You ruined it.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our favourite part of the podcast and the most repaired for segment in Oz F1. I got notes. Tommy T. Ooh, got notes. Ooh. Take us away. No, this is getting axed. What are you thinking coming for you, girls? Calling it. <laughs> we had David Coulthard doing the uh, post qualifying interviews, and he congratulated yeah. Max on his first ever poll. <laughs> yeah. that. Congratulations on not knowing any facts, DC. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Max just, in his defense, Max just looked at his that like, chin is amazing. <laughs> He can say what he wants with a chin like that. It's about three chins. It's friggin' sharp. <laughs> yeah, it's epic. Oh, imposing. Is. But Max rolled with it like a professional because he is. He could have corrected him. He didn't just roll he with was, it. But his face was like, he's like, what, mate? <laughs> he's like, yeah. you think I'd be celebrating a bit more, wouldn't I? We're anyway. in the same team. We drive the same cars at like can't, events. Shut up, I mate. Can't, can't wait to get off. Get rid of these nappies off your face next year. It's going to be well, speaking of exciting to see. Speaking oh, of, here we go. We had Alonso in the pits with a mask of his own face. <laughs> <laughs> Alonso was driver of the day. I reckon. I reckon he wins. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He had the best car and he had the best mask. So Alonso, you are driver of the day. Um, we had a plan B joke from Crofty about the rapper. Not what I thought Crofty's oh. music taste would be. Yeah. Where did that come from? I had to double Crofty. listen to that. He's Cro- probably got teenage kids. He's probably, you know, somewhat He's hip. trying to be cool. <laughs> um, and then finally, at, at the end, we had Max going, you can turn down the engine now if you like. <laughs> <laughs> and then back, negative. They're like, that was it. Negative. They just don't know what to play Funny sometimes. joke. Shut up, Max. Yeah. Keep driving. Love Max. Big fan. Oh. Um, I reckon that's pretty good, considering I didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> what about the flyover, Jim? There was the flyover. Gotta love me some 787 mm. wing band. I love those wings. Mm. Look like a glider, and I love flying gliders too. But uh, not bad. Like, it just one big old right down the middle. A couple of old school jets and a, and a brand new Eddie had. It was just nice not to see any Emirates branding around. Nice new Eddie had 787. Fantastic. Yeah. It's probably a solid 7 out of 10 for that. Good. But my favourite part Good. was, again, the pre-recorded national anthem. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. <laughs> what is with this part of the <laughs> world and pre-recording it. the national anthems, Campy? Start of an anthem, that one. <laughs> What's the name of it? Uh, ish, ish, ishy Belady or something. <laughs> You um, know that. I love that. Came up on, came up on the screen. And I was like, "That is an odd name for a song." Mm, it is. Anyway, it was so pretty recorded. Some quick Wikipedia on it. No. And, uh, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. But yeah, there pretty, was some good. There were some good uh, segments that Sky F One ran. We had yes. the uh, Lewis and the Doctor. The Doctor. That was great. I Did only saw part one, so I'm going to watch part two when we finish this up, but looking very much forward to that. The first part was great. Yeah, epic. We had some good walk-arounds. We had some good stuff, to be honest. Like Some of the Sky pre, pre-race pre stuff is actually quite good. So yeah. They said to get rid of Crofty and then we'll be better. You know, I'll admit watching that segment, I actually liked Lewis Hamilton watching I that. I know. Yeah, me too. It was painful to watch, but I was like... <laughs> Maybe he I was like, if the doctor guy. likes him, then I have to like him, don't I? <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you, he's probably yeah. a really good dude, oh, a mate. wonderful yeah. friend, an absolute legend of human being, and totally. And then there's us. No, but we've got Dickheads. no understanding of how this guy actually lives his life. <laughs> I, would, I would hate to be that famous. Yep. He can't do anything. The good news is, mate, being on this podcast, you're never going to be that famous. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what did you think? What did you? Uh, I know you didn't see the segment with Carlos and, and Lando. That was a no. solid effort. Uh, so basically, it was Simon Lazerby and uh, Martin Brundle and, and Paul Resta uh, with his blonde tips. Uh, it was like I'm going to take a break and I'm going to cut to the boys. And uh, Carlos and Lando were with the cat. Did a, you know the cameraman was walking backwards and. It was funny because they were like clearly had earpieces in for the Sky Sports TV director to say, you know, this is what you got to do. This is where you got to stand. Like, ask this question, and they'd be like, "Oh, so now we have to ask this question." Like, this is <laughs> terrible television, but really good television at the same time. Uh, and they put together a little uh, farewell video. It was very cute, uh, but very very entertaining. Um, worth watching if you haven't seen that, uh, which. You two haven't seen that, so no. uh, maybe go back and watch it. But what's well, your overall score for the driver? Bro- sorry for the television broadcast. Tommy T, give it an eight. It was solid. It was solid. Yep, not not too much rubbish. Lots of Fernando Alonso driving around. That was that's what brought it back Gross. up. Yeah. Solid. All right, boys. Well, uh, let's go through your drivers of the day before we go through our team by team analysis. Campy, who is your driver of the day? Max. Tommy T. Oh, Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, I... Mm, what I'm, did he do wrong? Well, he did that, yeah, well, he didn't get Qual- on the podium. Qualify. Yeah, he didn't qualify very well. He tried to qualify on 11th. Finish behind two McLarens. <laughs> no. I think, well, my driver of the day is Danny Rick as well. Uh, because Correctly. that's where the heart is, absolutely. All right, let's talk about team by team, and we can talk about... Cambies are just like, can you guys be professional and, and <laughs> friggin' decide on a proper driver? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gabby. Uh Let's oh, let's I? talk about the very back of the grid for the last time this year. Haas, Kevin Magnussen in 18th, uh, finished with some donuts, and Fittipaldi in 19th. Uh, just wanted to be the the season wanted to be over for them, didn't they? This this weekend, they did not care. Good chance for Fittipaldi. Uh, he's got to race two Grand Prix. He's probably never going to race another one ever again. So <laughs> you're not wrong. We say good. We say goodbye to uh, Mr. K-Mac. So moving on. Oh, I don't want to talk about the back of the grid. They just it's been a long year. It was good donuts by Kevin. Though it was. It was good to see. I right in front that. of I nobody. Poor bloke. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, anything to add, Tommy T? Nope. No, good. Uh, Williams. Love it. Williams, George Russell, nowhere near where he was last weekend. Um, 15th finishing, but he was at least he beat his teammate this time, Latifi, 17th. Not hard to do. Is it? Should we move on? Uh, firstly, who are we going to give last to? Because both Haas and Williams are tied on three points for the year. Who are we no, calling last? Are, Williams are tied on no points. Williams are last. They no, got they zero got points. No points George Russell's got some points to his name, but that was for mm, Mercedes. We're not counting Mercedes. that. No, okay. no. Oh, that's not Williams. <laughs> no. What are they? Well, anyway, no. But look, Williams is last. Okay, because at least at least K Mag and you know tried to get up and get some points. Um, Yes, well, I think they're both rubbish this year. So we're looking forward to 2022 for them. Uh, and our favourite Canadian did not much. <laughs> Again, love yeah. this sport. Okay, Alfa yeah. Romeo, Kimi Raikkonen, uh, finishing in 12th, uh, ahead of Giovinazzi in 16th. Uh, Kimi had a weekend, and Giovinazzi also had a weekend, and that weekend was in Abu Dhabi at a Grand Prix. Ferrari yeah. then, Ferrari. There's hardly anything to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Well, what do we um, think about him? Seb, Seb did Nothing? very well. Uh, no, I don't. Gio hasn't sold me yet, but he's done all right. He's done better this year than he has last year. 
Um, he sold me with his little oh, Nurburgring um, thing with Kimmy in, in the car going around yeah. like the proper Norge life. That sold me on yeah. him. I'm open-minded well, to Geo. Uh, hmm. Still not open-minded to his man bun. I, I like having yeah, I an Italian on the grid. I think it's, I think it's good for the Italian Token Italian. To we need a token Russian, apparently. Is that right? <laughs> token Aussie. Token yep. Aussie. One of each. Yeah, great. What else? At least three British drivers. <laughs> At least three. Or ten <laughs> in this instance. The whole grid. Let's talk about Ferrari. Not sure we need Canadian drivers. Let's talk about Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel drove uh, with no team orders this weekend, which wouldn't have mattered anyway, although um, Tibonotto was probably remotely trying to disable his car as a final thank you. Uh, but he was holding up <laughs> Charles for a long time. He uh, Charles finished in 13th, though, ahead of Seb in 14th. It was weird. Is it just me? Did, I, did you find this weird that Charles was wearing a Dunker Seb helmet? Oh, mate. He like, is... I don't you, get you that. You know how we talk about Lewis placating and doing a bit of like fake media stuff? Leclerc is worse. He's yeah. very fake. Oh, thank you, Seb. You're such a great inspiration. Now Seb's like, off. shut up, mate. <laughs> 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 piss off. Dunker Seb. Oh, piss off, yeah, mate. it was Seriously. just weird. And he did the same oh. he did the same helmet design as Seb normally does and that it's, confused crafty. What a surprise. To, and rack to off. Ferrari. The Ferrari think we can't remember what happened six months ago. Yes, yeah. clearly. <laughs> oh, idiots. Their, their media department is... Uh, <laughs> I've ragged on Ferrari enough. I'll save it for another Alpha Tauri. You have. Alpha Tauri. Gasly finished in eighth. Shut up, Stop poking the man. And Bonotto, the prick... <laughs> Bonotto didn't even have the spawn to rock <laughs> up and thank the thank Sebastian like the rest of his team did. Yes. Agree. Oh, yeah. Cool. I feel sick. Oh, give me a break, <laughs> dude. Got the best job in the world. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Let's talk about the more successful Italian team. Alpha Tauri, uh, Gasly finishing in eighth and Kvyat in 11th. We spoke a little bit about Kvyat. Uh, had a good uh, qualifying and good race for, for most of it. Gasly just uh, getting him towards the end with just better time management, it looked like. Um, I'm I'm really excited for for this car. Uh, not as excited though as sorry for for 2021 I should say, but not as excited as the Williams photographer uh, in the pit lane ahead of qualifying <laughs> Q2 was standing there taking a hell of a lot of photos of the AlphaTauri. Clearly they were taking the racing point approach uh, for next year's Williams. <laughs> how's, how's Gasly's engineer? Don't worry about it, mate. We'll have a new one next yeah, year. I love it. <laughs> and they don't have the time to do that. You're not wrong. So good. That that was the other good part of. The the, uh, the whole weekend. Uh, but Gasly's had a pretty good year. We'll do a, a end of year, end of season recap as well. Uh, but really in the grand scheme of things, as I said last weekend, in terms of the Red Bull drivers who are going to escape the this whole mess un- relatively unscathed, it's him. Uh, and unfortunate for Albon and Kvyat that they're really not, regardless of Albon stays next year, he's probably not staying around after that. <laughs> Tommy T, racing yeah. point. Uh, obviously, this is the last time they're being racing point. Now we're going into uh, Aston Martin after that. Stroll finishing in 10th in a car that really should have been f- a lot further up. To be fair to Sergio Perez, he was putting on some moves, right? Yep. Getting that the car towards the front. Oh, yep. And, you know, just a shame, but he did a lot of good overtakes in the first part of, in fact, when he stopped, that's when the race stops becoming interesting Correct. because at least it was good to be able to watch him come up through the back of the grid. Stroll's a dud, though, isn't oh, he? Oh, mate. He could not get past Sebastian Vettel in that 
hunk of junk of a tractor that is painted red. It was useless. I don't know what he's doing. He's in a far superior car. He he should have been able to breeze past with Darius on that enormous straight. What are you doing? Useless. Yep. Campy. I mean, we probably add this into the same as the uh, Ferrari <laughs> iteration for you've ragged on enough, but uh, Lance Stroll this weekend. You say he performs one in four. Uh, this is clearly one of the other three. Yep. Oh, do we need to say anything more about the kid? No, I don't think so. Doesn't deserve a drive. Not on merit. He performs once in every four or five races mm. and I think he's amazing. I actually listened to uh, the podcast he did with um, – on uh, Beyond mm-hmm. the Grid this week, and zero personality. <laughs> I think he said the same thing about 300 times. Yeah. And just, uh, yeah, interesting. It doesn't seem to be much behind the ears. It doesn't look like he's excited think, to be there. That's my uh, issue with it. Wow. Yeah, look, I should probably be nice to him because he's going to be around for the next 10 to 15 years. So. You do you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, moving on. Look, talking about Renault, uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about their strategy. Uh, Danny Rick finishing in seventh and, and Ocon in ninth. Ocon put on a great move past Stroll, it has to be said, although we're talking yep. about B and C class, well, C class drivers here. Uh, it was it was very, very good. Uh, it was the only so really F2 bit of racing so, this week. Oh, boy, so many subtle jabs. <laughs> these ones. We're actually getting very good at disguising our criticism in a well-branded This sentence. is the professionalism that you were speaking about, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> All their lack of what's professionalism and how do I have it? Tommy T. Ocon uh, is is going to struggle even more, I think, next year uh, oh. next to Fernando Alonso. Not that I think Fernando's a better driver. No, nah, he'll struggle less. Danny Rick's better than Fernando. Okay. Ooh, wow. I never thought I'd hear that. That was actually yeah, where I was going is that Campy would think the other way. Yeah, had you uh, had on cover. <laughs> If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, this is also the first time that Tommy and I have seen Camby without a beanie on as well, uh, and we're very, very shocked. Yeah. He found a beanie at 10, and it never left his head until now. <laughs> until slightly earlier today. Uh, yeah, but Danny Rick obviously did very well uh, out of build, – he that. built a gap. So not only did he pit, he built about a 14-second gap uh, yep. ahead of Gasly after he came out. Yes, fresh tyres and everything else, but uh, to be able to come out of Gasly and, and maintain those positions just after McLaren's huge uh, was, was really great. Let's talk about McLaren. Lando finishing in fifth, Carlos in sixth. They tied up third in the Constructors' Championship, which means big money for them. Uh, and Slash Danny. You, uh, exactly. <laughs> Big money for Daniel Ricciardo. Um, but as you said, Campy, it's their consistency. So I think these drivers have, have driven very well as a team. And this is a very individual sport when you're actually on the racetrack. Obviously, I know it's a team sport and there's lots of people behind it. But the, your teammate is really your biggest rival and your biggest comparison, your check mark, right? So these guys have worked really well together. It's great for McLaren. You know, they've come from the time in Fernando Alonso in 2018 where they were rubbish most of the year uh, and 17 uh, into back in a, a really good contention. Uh, I'm excited for, for Lando to be able to learn a little bit more from Danny Rick. So I think you're right, Tommy T, in terms of, you know, they, there's been a good amount of cooperation b- between these two, but there's only so much that Lando is going to be able to learn from Carlos, right? Mm. So Danny Rick's going to bring that A tier and hopefully drags Lando along with him to make McLaren a, a real contender for second place. Yeah, and let's remember this whole year that Carlos was already going and Lando knew that. So their dynamic was always going to be different knowing that, this was yep. the last year and there wasn't really playing for a position in the team. Mm. Lando knew he was safe. He knew Carlos was going, you know, as Danny's coming in. So they don't really have that battle that you traditionally have <laughs> when both drivers have 
vying for the top spot for next yep. year. Yep. So I think that's why it was a bit more relaxed and they were happy to be teammates. But, yeah, very interesting to see uh, what happens next year when Danny moves there. Well, look, at the end of next year, if it plays out the way I think it's going to play out for Lando Norris, he's going to come off three seasons of being beaten on track by his teammate. Now, that's not a good resume moving forward. Um. He's a rookie and he's quick and he's showing signs, but he, you know he, he needs to take a step. I don't think the step's going to be against Daniel Ricciardo. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I think signs will be. Uh, sorry, I think Lando will be under a lot of pressure next year. Well, yeah, I think I think the I think that magnifying glass is going to be right on mm-hmm. him. I I, I, th- I think it should have been on him more, particularly in the second half of this year. Um, but you're right, probably because they haven't. His, his seat is shored up for next yeah. year. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, Mercedes, we'll talk about them next. Lewis Hamilton in third and Valtteri Bottas in second. Uh, <sighs> Lewis Hamilton sort of really didn't need to come back this weekend, did he? He seemed off all weekend. He was complaining that the car was different to when he left it, ex- obviously. He's got a built-in excuse about why he didn't win. Like... In well, two two reasons you can say he hasn't fully recovered from COVID, and the second one is that the car was set up differently for George Russell, and they oh, built in things. Car. Well, they built in things oh. at, between Bahrain to this time to make it more comfortable for George if George was driving. And up until really Thursday, about ten o'clock, George was in the car. George was driving, so it was a very quick shift the other direction. Should have just stayed home, Lewis. Yeah, oh, seriously. Mate. Do you do you expect me to believe that a professional athlete <laughs> as fit as Lewis Hamilton? <laughs> Took longer to recover from the COVID nineteen than the seventy four year old Donald J Trump. Give me a break! What a load of shit, Lewis Hamilton. But you had a week off sitting in bed hanging out with your mistress. I reckon we're going to have a COVID nineteen allegedly thing up to appear on our YouTube video now. Yeah, who cares? Uh, Fuck you, too. Yeah, oh, good. There it is. Uh, so, <laughs> but he just seemed off pace all yeah. weekend. Um, yeah, he did. Valtteri, this was his time to shine. Uh, didn't really shine all that much, did he? Uh, it looks like Mercedes, well, it didn't look like. Mercedes told us that they had turned the power in the MG UK down uh, due to reliability concerns. Uh, is that really the reason why they were so far off Max? Or well, Max was just on it the entire weekend and hungry, uh, which we love to see a hungry Verstappen. Just just remember, Mercedes gave up on this car about 10 weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull are still, you know, driving mm. forward and everyone else is as well. And you know what? Mercedes is still going to win next year. <laughs> That's how disappointing that is. Do we think yeah. Mercedes... How, un- how unlucky is Bottas again? Yeah. Finally beats Hamilton. Max. And then Max pulls out a lap from nowhere. For his first ever pole position <laughs> in Formula 1, yeah. according to da- <laughs> David Coulthard. Oh, look... I reckon we're going to get Tiffany Cromwell on uh, the podcast when we're in Melbourne next year. And I think I think we need a word her up off air or on air about how she needs to play a part in uh, the downfall of Lewis Hamilton next year. <laughs> I'm sure she's going to be thrilled to be told what to do by you, Cappy. <laughs> nah, it's going to be all about giving Lewis shit on social media. About being a vegan. <laughs> Uh, Tiffany, when you hear this podcast, because of course you listen to it, <laughs> hang out with James and I. Please email 
Campy has no idea probably at ozfine.com.au. Uh, well, she had a crack this year. She just needed to keep Yeah, she up. tested the waters, I think. Maybe uh, they'll have a little game plan. We need to get into some pre-season conversation with them ahead of testing about what to, what to yeah. do. Okay, Red Bull, yeah. uh, obviously very happy for uh, Karen Horner and the team. Uh, Max in first, Albon in fourth. Uh, as we said uh, towards the beginning of this podcast, boys, I feel like that drive was going to be the excuse that it's enough for Albon to stay in this seat. That uh, sucks. He, he did a nope. okay, did nope. an okay job. Uh, didn't do a great job. Uh, he was so far off the pace, pretty much on lap two, but he kept it in fourth. But good for Red Bull finally to have you know the cars you know, in the top five where they should be every weekend, uh, which you know Karen will be happy about. But not much more to say on on Red Bull. That was that's our final recap of the the year. Uh, thank goodness. I mean, I'm sad that it was Abu Dhabi and not something more interesting like Bahrain Outer. But boys, it's it's been a, a good year. The fact that we've had as many races as we have had in, in COVID uh, is fantastic. My favourite part of going through this year has been the Fantasy League. Uh, so let's talk about that now. <laughs> 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 it's that little No need to put the stem in there, right, Jim? That little sting. Can we use That's yours instead? Up. Phenomenal. Oh. Uh, Zeke, <laughs> Zeke, big shout out to you, my friend. And I said, I need a sting for fantasy. And he just gave me that with no context, um, which man. is great. So that's why it exists. It's better, than, it's better than the hot tip money, guys. The hot tip. <laughs> I'm going to drop that in as well. Uh, we love the on top boys. They're such good mates of ours. Uh, but it's Grab it's boys. made some fantastic uh, viewing for us or reading for us in terms of the best team names. Uh, we could probably go through all as, as many team names as we can remember to, to crown the best fantasy, ne- uh, fantasy league team name. <sighs> of 2020 when we do our recap of the entire year. But I've uh, picked yep. out some a couple here. Uh, Abu Dhabi, sponsored by No Doze, bring on <laughs> Melbs 21, uh, Moxley. Uh, I'm the Blad guy, Jay Moore, like that. So I'm, live, I'm pretty sure Kimi Räikkönen loves listening to that track as well. Uh, Checo, which tyres you're putting on next time? A block, 95 days. Yes, Manus, we know we're getting there and we'll see you at the pub for that. Uh, world's <laughs> biggest hassle, <laughs> Josh Lauder. <laughs> Mate, to be honest, I think he might win Excellent. the entire thing. Uh, Russell and Tussle, M. Cook, love that. Bono, I can't reach the pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Bankston, love that from the US. Uh, it's a for me, a Ferrari. Uh, Jay, Julia Wolfendale, thank you very much uh, for that one. Nikita Mazgropen. Oh. Alexa. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, there's two Nikitas in a row, actually. Nikita already has a bin. Uh, Jay Wallace. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I wish. Uh, but the podium positions for this year don't go to us. It is R. Moxley oh. first on 3,423 points. Jay Moore second in 3,402. And Timmy Bowden in 3,225. Uh, needless to say, Tommy count. T, you basically, you basically DNF'd. 
this entire thing because <laughs> the team that you didn't touch, you got 47th, and the team you oh, weren't yeah. touching, 56 out of 67. True. Uh, not really sure that's anything to be happy about, but I'm stoked. Who was in that team? I'm <laughs> Probably all the half drivers. Horribly bad. Yeah, I think really I had bad. half the slots filled. I was making a move for the week after and forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like me two weeks Didn't ago. I took salary. a punt and it failed. And then you forgot your password. Yeah, really, so that says a lot about the Oz F1 podcast, doesn't it? Uh, but Kevin, you finished in 21st and uh, I pooped you for 16th. But yes, thank you. As long as Kevin doesn't win. Yeah, correct. Thank you to you guys for being part of the Oz F1 Fantasy League. Uh, we will uh, be doing probably a bigger and better one next year, but we seriously have oh, loved. If I can remember my password. Yeah, Tommy's not going to be involved. I uh, seriously love reading all of your names. So thank you for the effort that you've gone to change uh, week to week that you have done. Uh, boys, this is a said our final recap episode of the year. Yes. Bloody fantastic. Now, a uh, big shout out to George who uh, gave me the idea of, of setting up the Discord server. We've got a stack of people over there. Uh, we've been doing the race, talking about the race on that channel and on that server. Uh, you can still go through and see in the last couple of races what we've been talking about as well. If you want to join, we've got a general forum where we can chat about what's going on for the rest of the year and of course heading into pre-season predictions and testing at Barcelona for next year. But a massive thank you to you for listening for, for this year for our race recap episodes. Thank you for watching on YouTube doing all the wonderful things like leaving a review and subscribing and all that sort of wonderful stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, we've got some yes, awesome stuff so. hopefully coming up for 2021, which we might be able to share with you soon. But uh, Campy, Tommy T, we will see you very shortly as we do a 2020 recap podcast. But for now, it's time to end. See you, boys. We'll chat soon. Cheers. Bye. Says I'm recording. No one cares about your recording. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> that was a quick, quick shot across Fuck the bow. Him. Campy, you're the star of the show. I hope you're aware. I'm not the star of the you're show. You're the star. Can, Look, you and I could do a podcast. You and James could do a podcast. James and I couldn't do a podcast. It would suck. <laughs> How to Was Suck it? at Everything by Tommy um, T and James Baldwin. Look, I'm a knob, but... You guys give me a level of professionalism that comes across, which makes me look okay. I feel like all I do is poke the bear and make you rage. Rage about what? Anything. Rage I just against Fernando Alonso. The machine. The machine. <laughs> <laughs> Went record shopping on the weekend. What a bloody album too. It's the best one. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.